pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 162. Today I'm going to chat with Dustin Coleman from Coltac, discuss a court case challenging Hawaii's restrictive carry laws, review the sales of Remington Outdoor Company due to their bankruptcy filing, and talk about a man who overdosed on black licorice. I'm your host, Ava Flannell, and Dustin, how are you doing today? Outstanding. Thanks for having me. Well, I know one thing's for sure. You're definitely doing better than President Trump and the First Lady because I actually just read that they have coronavirus. Yeah, that's uh, pretty scary stuff. Hopefully, hopefully they're not going to be ones who react negatively to it. But Yeah, you know. well, I read in the article, both of them are feeling fine. They're just obviously being quarantined. They still plan on working from isolation, but Man, talk about just 2020 just being a crazy year. And I just can't help but think, how is this going to affect elections? And this is kind of like the last thing that we needed. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm ready for a restart, but, you know, yeah. uh, it is what it is. So. I know. I know. And I keep thinking, yeah, when 2021 comes, it's just going to be so much better. I don't know if it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, that's That's part of, you know, I don't know how we get out of this. I don't know how, what is it going to take for people to, you know, the rest of the world to go back to feeling normal. Mm-hmm. I, I know. You know. I don't, I have no idea. So yeah, it's definitely, it's tough because do I think coronavirus exists? Yes. Do I think it's as deadly as people are making it? You know, I'm not a professional. I'm not in the medical field, but there's been a lot of skewed statistics. And from my understanding, I mean, there's a huge recovery rate. So I don't know. I personally, I'd rather just live my life than right. live the life where we're constantly just sort of living in fear. But anyways. Yeah. yeah, I just got back from traveling for one of the first times since then. And it's it's kind of weird, you know, going through airports and it's just empty, you know, and, and it's really crazy to see how, you know, the different attitudes depending on where people live. So yeah, um, yeah it, it, different areas are taken to it differently than others. So. Oh, yeah, I know. And Actually, it's funny you bring that up because my cousins, they just asked if we want to go on a trip for New Year's Eve. And I'm like, if we do, we're picking a state that isn't super strict. They were like, let's go to San Francisco. And I'm like, first of all, no. why the hell would we want to go to? I'm so done with California. Yeah. But by then, January and everyone's starting to get even sick, just regular cold symptoms. I'm like, right. guaranteed that entire city is going to be shut down. So I'm not even about to book a ticket there. Right. South yeah. Dakota. South Dakota is the place to be for. I was not thinking. Really... I was thinking Arizona, maybe because it'd be a little warmer. Yeah, South Dakota in January might be a bit rough. Yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, we can go cow tipping, right? Right. No. <laughs> All right. So, Manicore Arms. If you guys have a Steyr Og, you should go check out Manicore Arms comfort products designed to enhance the usability of the Og rifles. Most of them are in stock right now, and there's several to choose from. There's the Brass Buster, which obviously is designated to deflect brass. The Raptor Charging Handle, which gives an ergonomic two-finger grip. The Talon Scope Mounts, which gives you the option of mounting a more modern 30mm or 1-inch optic with the same look as the original scope mount. Check them out and all the other products that Manicore Arms makes. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off, and that is at manicorearms.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. 
I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while because I've been familiar with your products for some time now. I've actually been using them. My first experience with your products were with your bags when I started getting into long distance shooting. And Jonathan Roberts was actually the one who told me about your products. And I got to say, right off the bat, I was hitting really well and really accurately. And the first time, this was just because of the distance that we had access to, but I shot 630 yards. And then the second time I shot at a mile and I was just really pleased. I mean, not to say that the bags is what made me shoot, but it definitely helped. And you quickly realized how much of a role things like that play, which we're going to get into here later on to talk about all of your products. But before we do so, I kind of want to just know, how did you get started? What even made you become interested in firearms? Oh boy. So uh, I grew up in uh, rural Wisconsin and, you know, growing up, it was, it's hunting, you know, we're getting into hunting season now. So this is my favorite time of year. And, you know, growing up, it was, that's what the only firearms I knew, you know, was, you know, the 30-30 lever gun or, you know, my dad's bolt action 270. And, you know, and, and I had a lot of fun with it. And I was always intrigued by, you know, mechanical small mechanical movements. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I had a fascination for them, but I didn't really grow up with, uh, you know, living in like with any of the other exposure to firearms other than, than hunting platforms. So as I got older, you know, started having, I guess, more time and, and resources, you know, I got into to shooting and, you know, I was an, an engineer for, or I was going to school for engineering and then, you know, really got more in depth with and trying to figure out how and why these things were working the way they were and, and working on, on that stuff. And then, uh, you know, my first job out of college, I was with Flambeau Plastics and dabbled a little bit with uh, some gun products that they make. Uh, they, they have some firearms accessories. And then uh, I had an opportunity to, to take an engineering job with Ruger Firearms. And, you know, and so by then, you know, I was already, uh, I would say, full on gun nut. You know, my wife told me that I was spending all my time and money outside of work on guns, so I might as well get paid to do it. <laughs> and then, you know, I just started going from there, and it's been a, a fun ride ever since. I, I love that I work uh, in my hobby. You know, I, my I couldn't think of doing anything else now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though it is sewing, um, I, I really am enjoying that aspect of it as well. And what's kind of funny is there's a lot with sewing machines now that I've gotten into it that kind of relate over to firearms, all these fine mechanical movements that are all working in unison to, to perform an operation. It's, it's kind of neat to see. And, uh, you know, the precision that you see in some of these firearms, you know, they're somewhat carry over into the sewing world. So it's, it's neat. Um, I guess that's, that's kind of how I got started with, with getting into the firearms industry. And then, you know, when I was at Ruger, um, I was getting more and more into suppressed shooting. Mm -hmm. And so I bought, I bought somebody else's suppressor cover and I absolutely destroyed it the first day out. Um, yeah. And so when I told my, when I told my wife about it, you know, and asked her to fix it, she was, she wasn't pleased with me wrecking it and how much I spent on it. So her comment, you know, was I could have built something so much better for less. And so then, you know, we sat there and tinkered for a little while and made a couple for myself and buddies that I go shooting with some and they wanted some and it's just smart. Started with a small website and, in the spare bedroom. And then we took over our basement and we built a garage that we thought we were going to be in forever. And we made it six months in there before we outgrew that. Um, 
and bought a different building to start growing and made it there about two and a half years. And then we're still, we still own that and we still use it um, for warehousing, but then we just rented or we're leasing another space now, a 10,000 square foot facility and have a whole team behind us. And, you know, we're sewing away all day, every day. So, um, wow. yeah, we started 2015. So we're just about finishing up our sixth year now. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to think of, you know, the progress along the way and, you know, how, you know, when we first started, you know, the single sewing machine on in the spare bedroom and, um, you know, we still have that, that machine and we, we joke about it being machine number one and, you know, and how, what we had to do to get stuff accomplished then, as far as just having one sewing machine, where now, you know, we've got a whole fleet of sewing machines. We have automated cutting, we've got automated sewing, you know, so it's, it's crazy to see how it's progressed and, and where this has taken us so far. Yeah, no kidding. I'm assuming that you left Ruger to pursue Coltec full-time. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, for the first two years of the company, three years of the company, um, I was doing both. And, you know, and at first it was just supposed to be a little side hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, it got busier and busier. And then, you know, the last like four to six months, it ended up being, you know, I was going to work at seven o'clock in the morning at Ruger, working all day, coming home, running kids around to their different activities in the evening. And then, you know, eight o'clock at night, we'd sit behind sewing machines or I'd be answering emails and shipping out product and we'd be working till, you know, two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Wow. And, and then wake up the next day to do it again. And, and so finally, yeah, after several, several months of doing that, it's like, all right, something has to give. And so, um, yeah, it, it was a big leap of faith and it was nerve wracking to kind of decide to jump out on my own. And it was, it was weird, you know, when I was said, all right, I'm, I'm leaving Ruger. I'm, I'm going to go do my own thing now. I thought I'm going to have all this spare time to do all these other things that I've been neglecting for so long. And, you know, I'm only going to be working one job instead of two now. And my goodness, I was, I didn't know what I didn't know at that time, but I've been, we've been just cranking away busy ever since, but it's, it's at least not, you know, four o'clock in the morning really that often anymore. So that's, that's Mm -hmm. nice, but we've got a good team of people that really multiply you know, what we can do. It's awesome to watch. Mm-hmm, definitely. That's, it's actually really impressive that your company has grown that much since six short years. So kudos to you. For people who aren't familiar with what Coltec is, can you just kind of tell them? Exactly? So, yeah, so we're a, we are a firearms accessory manufacturer specializing in fabric goods. So, you know, bags, pouches, different kind of gear like that. Our biggest seller by far is our line of suppressor covers. We custom make 99% of all the covers that we produce. We have some standard sizing that we put on Amazon and stuff for quick sale. But otherwise, every, everything else is, you know, you go on the website and you're picking out what colors you want and you give us the length and diameter of your suppressor and we make it to that. And so uh, that's, you know, just high quality USA made gear, uh, you know, that we're cranking away on and and making as nice as we could, as, as high quality as, as, as you can find. Um, you know, we really pride ourselves in that and, and making sure that we pay attention to those details. And, and we also, you know, we service niches, you know, within, within the firearms community, you know, where suppressor covers are kind of a, a small niche that, 
you know, we can do really well at. And then we do a lot with long range precision shooting gear. It's a, a hobby of mine. So, you know, a lot of different support bags, like you were talking about earlier and different accessories that go really well with, with those types of events. Um, it's been a great process to try to, you know, find those areas that we can, you know, make products and keep customers happy and coming back for more. Mm -hmm. For people who are wondering what sets your products apart from all of the others, I'm obviously assuming other competitors, they use the suppressor cover and next thing you know, it's like a melted mess on their can. But aside from that, how do you guys differentiate from all the other companies out there? Well, um, so our big, we, we take a lot of, we took a lot of time and we're still, we're constantly developing our covers. Um, and it's a lot to do with both the materials we choose and the, the designs that we, that we produce in that, you know, finding these materials that are fabric based that can withstand some of these ridiculous temperatures, um, has taken a lot of time and, and a lot of, you know, several of the materials are being specially formulated for us. We're, you know, we're going to the mill and, you know, there's a special fabric that we are getting produced just for us um, that we've, you know, through piles of testing have, have determined is the best path. And so we have, we have a whole range of covers, you know, based on what your shooting style is and what your intended uses are. Everything from, you know, little rimfire suppressor covers that, you know, don't see nearly the high temperatures as others, you know, and then we have a a great middle of the road line that is really good for hunting and precision style shooting where you're shooting, you know, five to 10, maybe even 15 rounds out of a bolt gun at most. And then you're letting it cool, but you're really worried about the mirage because that's, that's the huge thing when you're starting to shoot suppressed is, is how much mirage can start coming off when you're looking through a scope. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've got our, our couple higher end models that, you know, if you want to let it rip on a pile of trash at 25 yards as fast as you can, you know, that's the cover for you. And, um, you know, you don't have to worry about burning yourself or singeing yourself. You know, we find a lot of following, you know, with our, both our HTP and our corset cover, it's our newest cover, especially there with different law enforcement agencies where, you know, they're, they're going out and running drills and they're shooting, you know, some short little five, five, six carbine. And then they, you know, sling it down to transition to a sidearm and mm-hmm. with a suppressor on the end, when you have a thousand degree hot tube dangling down around your knees and yeah. it, it really can make for some, mm-hmm. you know, serious injuries. It, I mean, we're talking temperatures that it's not just like it, it hurts it. I mean, it'll sear. Yeah. And, it's it's crazy so you know just having having that layer of protection is is huge yeah so yeah definitely yeah. i've seen some really bad suppressor burns i was shooting out of a helicopter and these guns were just being rotated and they were suppressed and if you didn't know to stay away from it and to really be careful where you're putting that gun yep a lot of people next thing you know their legs would get burned and it would easily burn the clothing and go through the skin yep. and it was just uh it was horrible yeah i've got there somewhere out there there's a really old toyota pickup that has a half moon melted out of the bumper that when i was out with buddies we were shooting away and he leaned it up as before i had covers he leaned it up against the bumper of my truck and it sat there and just melted right through the bumper of wow. of the truck i mean it's yeah it's crazy so 
So yeah, so finding materials that can withstand that is is a challenge and has taken a lot of research. And then our design, we really focus a lot on ensuring that the cover stays in place when you're shooting. Mm-hmm. And so our strapping system that we use really lets you tighten down and cinch down that cover so you don't have to worry about it sliding around. Because a lot of times, you know, if, if you don't have that proper retention system, as you're shooting, the recoil causes the cover to, to walk mm-hmm. generally forward. And, you know, and that's not a an ideal situation. You can lead to accuracy issues, or if you walk it far enough, you'll shoot through it and wreck it. So, you know, that's, that's something that we have to, to really pay attention to. And we've done a, a really good job of, of ensuring that our covers stay put. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the next thing that is, I think really our customers appreciate is our customer service. I mean, we, we stand behind our stuff for life, no matter what. We have customers who call up and they're dog has destroyed the cover and you know they want to know if we can repair it and you know usually in those situations it's not repairable we replace it you know if if even if people buy a cover you know that was intended for bolt gun use but end up shooting it on a semi-auto 556 and and wrecking it you know we replace it or or repair it and you know when customers reach out to us we we respond back and you know they call us there's only a couple of us here answering the phone who, who can help them out or if they email in, we're, we're emailing back right away and trying to take care of them as best as we can. So Wow. That's actually really impressive because most places are like, well, if you didn't use it the way that it was intended to, we're not going to offer that warranty. So Right. That's well, impressive. our our big thing that, I mean, we try, we are, and I tell everyone else who kind of deals with the customer service, we are overly generous. And I find that just as a philosophy in life, if you're overly generous, people don't like taking advantage of it. And we mm-hmm. have a lot of times where, you know, we've never had somebody where we've gone and been like, oh, I think they're just trying to scam us out of out of this. It, it really doesn't happen. So, you know, if we just are overly generous, it, people feel guilty if they try to take it, mm-hmm. take advantage of it. So yeah. um, that's kind of a philosophy that I really try to stick by and to you know, instill in everyone else here. Yeah. Okay. So noted. So the suppressor covers I got, I was going to try to fit Tickles, my dog, into one, but chances are she's probably going to react kind of negatively towards it and she might rip it. So I just, I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, what do I have to lose? I'll just send it back, get a replacement. But you're right. I'm not going to do that. So Tickles, she's right by my feet right now. Tickles, you're in the clear. Man, I wanted to see a picture of that at least. I'm willing to I'm willing to let a cover get destroyed over that. Well, she's only four pounds. She's like the size of a suppressor. I know. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick break real quick, talk about SB Tactical. If you're looking for a brace to fit on a standard AR-15 pistol buffer tube, you should go check out the SOB brace. It's a skeletonized version that fits directly over a pistol buffer tube of 1.1 to 1.25 inch diameter for a fixed length of pull, and it looks great on both AR and AK builds. If you've got an older AR pistol from before the adjustable braces like the SBA-3 and SBA-4 came out, it would have come with the simple round pistol tube. The SOB brace is a perfect option to give you a great comfortable brace without having to change out the buffer tube. Both the flat dark earth and the black version are in stock right now. Head on over to sb-tactical.com. Don't forget to use that code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off. 
another thing that I really liked on your website is that you can customize everything on these suppressor covers. Well, even on your bags, you have so many options to customize the straps and the overall, just everything. And you can get kind of creative. And so I needed to order four suppressor covers. And at first I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to make them all the same. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun with it. So I did camo and hot pink and some blue and orange, like neon orange and stuff. But then I also had to stick with my multi-cam black. But can you kind of just give people an overview of just sort of the options that they have and some of the colors that you have available? Oh, boy. So there's there's a lot of options. And, you know, when, especially when it comes to the suppressor cover side, you know, you're picking out what base color you want. And, you know, we have 15, 16 different colors, colors slash patterns that we, we have in stock right now. And we're constantly finding new ones and, and swapping stuff out. But it's, uh, you know, everything from, like you said, hot pink and blue to the standards, black, ranger green, multicam, black multicam, those. Um, so you get to pick out your base color. And then you're also picking out what strap color you want. And we've got, you know, all sorts of different colors there. And, and you know, we're, why we're going down that path is since we're going to be custom making it to that size, length and diameter, we're going to have to make it all the way from the beginning anyway. So we figured we might as well let people have that that option. And the way how we've developed our process here, it's really streamlined in that if you want those those options, it's it's you know, we we've really dedicated a process. There's a whole line of people who, you know, all they're doing all day is making suppressor covers and and so we've really refined that and so we can we can have those options. And then uh, you know, finally you get to pick out your buck, buckle color. So I'm every aspect of the cover um, you know, you can pick right on our website and that's, that's the other thing that people I think really like is, you know, they, they can go right on the website, pick it out and they don't necessarily have to email in and try to email back and forth and call in mm-hmm. to get, to get some of those extra custom options that you normally can't find. Yeah. So there's, there's so many options that it's sometimes feels overwhelming, but I know, you know, a lot of people there as, you know, funny as it seems, there are gun people who are extremely picky about their, you know, the colors and making sure that it matches their exact build. People put a lot of time and money in Cerakote, mm-hmm. you know, to to get the look that they want. And so it's nice when they can build that same look with, with our product as well. Yeah, definitely. What's kind of the craziest design that you've seen? Oh boy. Um, I mean, so we, we get often, we'll get someone who calls in and the, Lately, it seems like we've had a couple where Star Wars themes, they want, you know, like the Stormtrooper, uh, where they take like a white, a white uh, base color with black hardware and strapping. So it kind of gets that, you know, Stormtrooper look. Yeah. Um, You know, we just did a whole bunch of covers for a different uh, company out there that um, they're going to be releasing soon that is black with red and red stitching. It's going to look really cool. I'm... um, really excited to see them release those. So that's neat. But just the, the straight up, you know, neon pink with, with multi-cam straps, I think is kind of one of the, the otter colors. Cause it's, you know, a little bit of tactical, a little bit of a flair. And, um, you know, it's, it's neat to see what people, what people want to run with. Yeah. Well, and I also figured I'm like, if I'm, you know, looking for covers or anything like that, like, it'll be easy to find in a bin. <laughs> Exactly. And so. that's, yeah, a lot of, especially on the competitive shooting side is we're seeing more and more people, you know, they're taking the blues, pinks, reds, uh, and orange. We got that really good looking orange. 
because you know you're going to this match and it's usually outside uh and grass or dirt or desert and so you know some people want their stuff to all match their environment because you know if they they want to blend in but so we were like i don't want to lose this thing Mm -hmm. you know and you know i've i've lost stuff at matches where it's also like where in the heck is this thing and you know going back and trying to find it it's really easy when it's this bright orange you know object to try to pick out then yeah you know some multicam pattern in the bushes yeah definitely Okay, so tell me about the corset suppressor covers because those are not yeah. customizable, correct? Right. So yeah, so you can pick your own dimensions there. That we have we spent like well over a year developing those materials and and locating those materials. Um, so they're the temperature ratings that we're seeing on those are crazy high, and I mean we're we're getting temperatures in the sustained temperatures of you know, 2,000, 2,500 degrees where, you know, our HTP, it does have a flash rating to 3,000 degrees, but, you know, everything over time, if you let it soak at, at 3,000 degrees, eventually it does, it does break down. You know, that's not an infinite storage time at 3,000 degrees where the corset using specialized Kevlar's and Nomex's, it, it can withstand those sustained high temperatures. And so, it's definitely uh, a really exciting uh, cover for us because mainly in the in the military and law enforcement community, you know, they want something that they can run drills with and and run those short five five sixes, which are the worst thing for suppressor covers. Short five five sixes are the hottest burning things I think on the face of the earth. I think you know, there's lava. And, you know, and right behind lava comes short five, five, sixes with, with their temperatures in that, you know, there's so much combustion happening inside the suppressor that it just becomes a, you know, a forge basically where it's just, it's the temperature is so extreme that it really takes specialized materials and engineered materials to be able to withstand those. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it uses those materials and it has a slightly different lacing system or a strapping system because of the materials that we have to be able to use, you know, that main cord that goes back that, that looks like a corset where it got its name from, um, you know, that's all Kevlar and it's crazy. You'll sit there and hold a, a torch to that material and it'll turn cherry red and, you know, you'll keep holding the torch and you take the torch off and let it sit for five seconds and you can go and touch it and it's cool and flexible. It's, it's crazy materials. And so it's really uh, fun and exciting for me, at least. I'm kind of a, a nerd when it comes to data and and testing and materials and trying to find, you know, the optimum setup for it. And so it was a fun project to develop that. But mm. it's it's really around the materials. And so because of the type of material that that we're using, you know, it only comes in black for right now. We are we are working on some other colors, um, but because of the type of material, it doesn't take dyes very well at all and so um you know trying to find both a material that can handle those high temperatures and accept dyes is something that is really difficult but we're we're making some headway and it's going to be hopefully here in the near future we're going to have some other colors coming out with it Hmm, very nice tell me about the different bags that you guys offer and the reason behind them and how they work right so we've got a whole line of different support bags Everything from, 
you know, rear support bags, which was our first bag. It was our boss bag and it. It's kind of a rectangle two ply bag that, um, you know, works really well for a squeeze bag in the back. So, you know, if you're shooting on a bench or if you're shooting prone with, uh, some, some front support, you can use that rear bag as support to dial in your elevation. And, you know, once you learn how to, to shoot with a, you know, with a bipod and a rear bag, oh my goodness, it's, it's like a light bulb goes off and, uh, it's, it's so much more steady and you can really dial in your shots. So, you know, we have those, we have our Wooby bag, which is another great rear bag. It's more of a cylindrical design. And then, uh, you know, we have other support bags that kind of can be both used as a front or a rear support. And that's our trap bag and our tricorn bag. And, you know, they're really good at, if you have some sort of weird barricade or obstacle that you have to shoot off of, if you, you know, re- lay that down on the obstacle first and then set your rifle on top of it, it allows for a nice, smooth, steady surface to be able to shoot from and really helps, you know, steady out those shots. And then, you know, our cuddle bag is, is another interesting bag. If you've never shot with one, it's great for taking up that extra space. That's, you know, let's say between your elbow and your knee, if you're trying to shoot kneeling, or if you're shooting off of a a simulated rooftop, you know, you can tuck that in and, and cuddle right behind it. And, uh, it really helps with, uh, you know, finding, not, not trying to just freehand your shot. You can find ways to support it. And, and all those bags, they, you know, help immensely in, in finding that shot. Mm-hmm. I got to ask, are you, with everything going on, do you still partake in PRS? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, we have a local club series here that I try to get to as much as I can. I, you know, I've been to the one PRS match that was up here in New Hampshire. I'm trying to get out. There's, uh, I try to do a lot with the guardian long range matches. If you haven't heard about them, it's a great organization uh, that does charity fundraising for basically trying to find orphans homes or, you know, orphan support organizations. So it's, it's another type of, of group like that. And then I want to try to get out to NRL matches, but we've been so dang busy mm-hmm. that I, <laughs> I, I haven't gotten out nearly as much as I've been wanting to. So hopefully here I'm going to be able to start finding some time, but winter's winter's coming on, coming on strong and it gets, it gets tougher to shoot outside here in mm-hmm. the next couple months. Yeah. Well, I would just assume that it'd probably be also a great opportunity to kind of display your products and show them, you know, right. show well, the products in action. Yeah. Right. I, th- that's my favorite thing to do is to go to these matches and events where, you know, for me, I use it for R&D time. I, I usually am out of these matches with a new product that, you know, I'm, I've been working on and getting, you know, the last little bugs worked out and, you know, and then talking with customers and seeing their thoughts and, and you know, hearing what, what they're looking for. Yeah. And so it's been, I, I, my favorite thing by far is to go and talk to customers and, and interact with them, especially in these environments where they're actually using the gear. Mm-hmm, exactly. And not to mention, I mean, I'm sure they just like look over and they're like, yo, bro, I like that pink suppressor cover. And you're like, yeah, yeah. thanks. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yep. How has COVID affected business if it has oh at my- all? Yeah. So when COVID first started becoming a thing, you know, we didn't know what, what was going to happen. So we, uh, we started making PPE 
and um, you know we we were making face masks at first between us the brown buffalo is another they're a pack a concealed carry pack company out of california and then uh blue alpha gear out of georgia we kind of had a a little gofundme going to help uh make a whole bunch of masks and we made a, a quite a few masks and then what we found um going on further into it was that gowns were in huge demand and because it takes you know there's a lot of old ladies who could sit at their kitchen table and just start making masks with their own sewing machines but gowns take quite a bit of work and quite an area to to set up so we we ended up both cotton and disposable gowns we were ended up getting kind of worked into we made close to 60,000 gowns uh over just a short couple months so that business kind of went crazy and that has now since died off because other suppliers have have been able to catch up and and rebound and I'm totally okay with that I'd much rather be making firearm stuff mm-hmm. but uh as far as the firearm stuff uh, you know it's going it, we are way way bigger than we were last year we keep growing every every month um and and I don't know you know covid really hasn't really hasn't changed our growth path that we've seen in previous years i mean we're still growing about the same pace which is for us hard to keep up with at times yeah so um you know it's it definitely hasn't hurt us as far as you know our sales go and if anything it's it's only helped and i i think part of it is you know none of our gear for the most part is kind of fear bought type of gear for the for the most part Mm -hmm. i don't you know where you know you hear about you know people making plate carriers or you know different types of you know mag pouches you know i could see where you know people are trying to get a kit up for you know uncertain times you know our stuff is a lot of competitive shooters and recreational shooters and there's definitely some that are are more you know if people are worried about being able to shoot long ranges you know based out of fear i don't, i you know i don't really know what that scenario looks like mm-hmm. it's definitely uh kept us busy because i think people are just trying to get out and do something outdoors you know finding a, a new hobby a new activity that you kind of can do by yourself you know out going out shooting long ranges you, you know you can just do that by yourself as long as you can find the, the location yeah yeah definitely do you have any future plans that you can share with us? Oh boy. Uh, I mean, so we have a whole host of products that are, the patterns are done. The designs are ready to go. Heck, we even have quite a few that the pictures are taken. The website descriptions already all typed up. We just haven't turned them on because we're so busy trying to just keep up with current demand. So, I mean, we've got other great products, um, you know, both for suppressed shooting. We've got some some very specific products to, to help with that world. And we've got some others that are you know for long range and we have a couple hunting type products that i'm working on that that'll be close so we've got a bunch of different products that are are ready to go it's just a matter of finding finding the capacity and and you know finding we just need more more sewing people and that's that's kind of been a a challenge because it's a it's a dying skill here yeah And, and so everyone that we're bringing in we're training and that's it takes time yeah i could just imagine that's one of the things i wish that they taught in schools was, you know, just like basic yeah. stuff, like how to cook or how to sew, regardless of gender, because I think it's important for everyone to know, I mean, how to change a tire 
which yep. I still don't know how to do and I still don't know how to sew. I can hand sew to a degree, but I cannot guarantee that it's going to hold up for more than a day and that it's going to look good. I'm better off stapling the material, which I've had to do once or twice when I had an office job. And, you know, those pencil skirts, they can, you know, occasionally kind of bust open. So I'm just like, right. oh, I'll just take this little stable gun. <laughs> Ditch it. We're done. We're good. Yeah, that works. I, you know, we have, we have a couple guys sewing here, which, you know, I, I love seeing it cause it's a, it's a neat skill to learn mm-hmm. and it's, it's similar to a lot of other manufacturing processes like welding where you're taking two pieces of metal and, you know, running, running a bead down the middle, you know, it's, it's similar to that in fact, and that you're taking you know two different materials and joining them together and trying to make something cool. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I wish, I wish there was more sewing happening in the world, um, or at least in the U S yeah, but you know, okay. we're, we're doing our part to, to get as many of them trained up as fast as we can. Nice. I like it. So for listeners who want to find you on your website, social media, what is that information? Yeah. So our website is, uh, www.coltac.com. And then, uh, you know, on Instagram where you try to stay fairly active and that's at coltac there and then coltac LLC on, on Facebook. So, you know, it's, it's a great way for people to, you know, if you have questions, we try to, we try to answer pretty quick there. It sometimes gets kind of confusing because there's so many different channels, but, um, you know, people, People can reach out to us, interact with us there. Otherwise, you know, on the website, the, our emails are on there, phone numbers there. So, you know, if, if people have any further questions, they can always reach out and we, we love talking to customers. All right, cool. All right. Well, moving forward, IWI. If you're going to be in Middletown, Pennsylvania, the first week of December, you should check out the yearly armors course IWI puts on at their facility. The course is two days of training for the SAR and X95, including history on the design, features, and operability of the Tavor models, detailed assembly, assembly function checks, conversion from right-to-left operation and back, caliper conversion, and basic repairs are all taught, practiced, and tested on the SAR and X95. There will be a written exam at the end of the course for earning the certificate of completion as a civilian without an FFL or a certified armor for FFL holders. Students also get discounts on IWI products and a discount on one weapon system. Best of all, the training is only $250 and you can enjoy a tour of the factory floor while you are there, which I would pay $250 for as is. Check it out. You can register for it at IWI.us. If you find any accessories while you're on the website that you like, use the code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off all accessories. Dang, that sounds fun. I want to go. Dude, right? That's what I was thinking. I was like, hmm, I think I could manage to fly in. It's just, it's yeah. so, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love touring factories too. It just amazes me just to see behind the scenes and stuff. And I also feel like you can never learn too much about guns because just when you think, oh, I could take it apart and clean it and whatever, there's just so much more to be learned. Right. Politics. What is going on in the world today? Hawaiians write to open carry debate in Ninth Circuit Court. Last week, an 11-judge panel on the Ninth Circuit Court heard arguments in a challenge to Hawaii's strict gun laws. This is George Young's third lawsuit challenging the state law that has continually allowed officials to deny him a permit to open carry a loaded gun in public. 
Young wants to carry a gun for self-defense and has been denied every time. Hawaii County hasn't issued a carry permit in 20 years, which is insane. Actually, I knew Hawaii was strict. I didn't realize they were that strict. Yeah. His third lawsuit was dismissed in 2012 with a judge siding with officials who said the Second Amendment only applied to guns kept in homes. Okay. <laughs> he appealed and three-judge panel ruled in his favor in 2018, but the state asked for a fuller panel of judges to hear the case. Lawyers for the state of Hawaii argued the law is not a flat ban because individuals can carry firearms if they have good cause. Hawaii's incredibly strict gun laws go back into the 1850s when it was an independent country. Hawaii's carry law is the most restrictive in the country. It is effectively impossible to get a carry permit as a private citizen. Young's case is specific to open carry, but the county where Young lives has never issued a concealed carry permit to date. They have complete authority on who gets a permit, and there's no process to appeal a rejection application. In 2018 to 2019, not a single private citizen had either an open or concealed carry permit in all of Hawaii County. No ruling has been made yet by the Ninth Circuit panel, but regardless of the ruling, this is another case that will almost certainly be elevated to the Supreme Court for a final ruling. That is so crazy. It's like some of the stuff that's going on in some of these states, you wonder if it's even part of the U.S. And how are they able to even do this? It's clearly an infringement on our rights. Right. You know, it it makes me realize, like, it's crazy. You know, here in New Hampshire, we can kind of, you know, it's a constitutional carry state where we can do pretty much what we want. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't imagine having this where living in a place where 20 years where they haven't given out a single single permit they, i mean why even why even bother having a permit i mean it, yeah. it must not even be is it like an old typewriter form or right you know, what, i know what what is, what is this and, so um and that's not to even know. say that hawaii is extremely safe i mean there's a ton of homeless people in hawaii right it's not oh, like yeah. what you think oh it's just beautiful beaches and, and right. volcanoes and stuff. There's quite a bit of, if, if nothing else, just to protect yourself against the homeless. Not to say homeless people are bad, but usually they're not all right mentally. Right. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, it's like Mexico. There's beautiful spots in Mexico that people go to visit. And then there's the other spots. And I think Hawaii has, has you know, places like that where, you know, you wouldn't want to find yourself and to be at a disadvantage if someone tries to, to do harm to you. I, mm -hmm. I just, I, it's still, it's crazy to think you know, it's crazy to try to, you know, put yourself in, in other people's thought processes where they can, where they say, no, it's not okay to defend yourself. I know. And so I don't, I don't understand that. I never have. And, you know, I really hope that, that this can be brought up and, and, shown uh to the to the supreme court especially with the ninth the ninth circuit being you know a lot of those western states that are kind of similar to this mm -hmm. in that uh it could have some big ripple effects going you know throughout other states in that area but you know I, it's 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 also nerve-wracking because it might also solidify what they've been saying for mm -hmm. forever mm -hmm. so um you know we'll have to wait and see on that but i just um you know sitting there trying to apply over and over and over and you know he's been the first or the third lawsuit was dismissed in 2012 i mean he's been fighting this now 
I don't even know when I, you know, I don't, I don't know the full backstory as far as when he first applied, but I mean, you know, we're eight years past when his third lawsuit got dismissed. Yeah. That's crazy. And it, you know, that it's taking this long. I know. I know. And honest kudos for him to even continue to fight because yeah, it's those things like lawsuits, any type of lawsuit, it's, it's going to take a lot of money, time, it's stressful and hats off to him. Right. I'm curious if if which uh, Second Amendment groups, if any, are are helping him out. You know, if Gun Owners of America or mm-hmm. you know the Gun Policy Institute is uh, is stepping up to try to help. Because yeah. uh, I mean, that's definitely something that I would like to see. Um, yeah. Definitely some some assistance in. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely agree. All right, Smith and Wesson. 22LR fans, check out the Performance Center SW22 Victory Target Pistol. It's specifically designed for rimfire competitions. It's got a ton of high-end features with either a 6-inch fluted or carbon fiber barrel, custom muzzle brake, and tandem cross hive grips, which include a thumb rest. It also comes with two 10-round magazines, a flat face adjustable trigger, and a Picatinny rail that can come with or without a Vortex Viper red dot. Additional upgrades include polished feed ramps, beveled magwell, and an extended magazine release. Essentially, everything that you need to go out and join a pistol rimfire competition. Best part is, the version with the red dot and carbon fiber barrel has an MSRP of $885, which, obviously, MSRP, you'll typically find it for less in stores. I think that that's a great price when, typically, if you're entering a competition, Dustin, you probably know that there's still so many things that if you buy a stock rifle or pistol, there's still so many upgrades that you have to make. And those aren't cheap. No, that's, yeah, usually, you know, buying, buying the base platform is the cheapest spot, Mm -hmm. the cheapest item. It's everything else that you start adding on to it that, that really can add up fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, and I haven't done anything with 22 pistol competitions, but, you know, I will say just plinking around the, the yard with with my kids that's one of the best things ever is you know rim fire suppressed rim fire with a little red dot on it yeah and um you know it's it's a lot of fun and one of our favorites when we were when my kids were younger was we had a little 1022 charger that i put a red dot on and so we could just set it up on a picnic table and plink away and you know it's just like point and click and uh yeah it's it's a great way to get to get into it and this is vortex viper on there yeah That's awesome yeah no kidding i think it's a great price if you guys want to check it out head on over to smith-wesson.com q a there's no such thing as a stupid question just kidding visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours Today's question is, when choosing a red dot for pistols, I see a ton of different size dots. What size do you recommend? First, I always think, oh, what are you using this for? If it's for accuracy or self-defense, if it's for self-defense, obviously, carry gun. Usually, you're going to use a larger dot, like a 6 MOA for rapid target acquisition, as you won't need to be as precise or have the time to. Some people even like the 12.5 MOA triangle dot for this purpose. Also, red dots with a large outer circle and inner small dot are popular as you can put the large circle on a big target quickly, but then use the smaller dot for precision. 
Allison has some really good options that you can switch between the red dot and then the dot with the larger circle around it. For precision, obviously, you want a smaller dot because especially if you're shooting long distance, which you know you realize pretty quickly, the bigger the dot, the more area it's covering up, whereas the smaller the dot, you know, it just kind of makes sense. But Dustin, you do a ton of precision rifle shooting. So do you kind of want to add to this? Um, well, I mean, you, you hit on it. Because I mean, even with, with pistols, like we're not, obviously we're right. talking about pistols here, but it's still, if, if it's for self-defense, you want a bigger dot. It's, right. it's like and the same thing when you're, when you aim your gun, the minute that front sight hits your target, you're going to go ahead and shoot because you're shooting for center of exposed mass as opposed to, oh, the button on their jacket. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah. And that's, so my carry gun that um, I've been carrying now for a couple of years is a, a VP9, HK VP9 with a, with an RMR. And mine is the three and a quarter MOA dot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I wish I maybe went with a little bit bigger for when, you know, just for speed purposes, when I'm out running drills, Yeah, the, having that bigger dot does make a, a difference. And, you know, especially like you said, when you're just trying to hit center of mass, you don't, you don't need, you don't need to have this fine precision point. It takes a little bit to, to find it if you're not used to it, especially if you're not used to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And even if you were doing competition shooting figure, you have to obviously find that dot as quick as possible, hit the target. And usually these targets are usually larger. So yeah, it just kind of makes sense. So that's what I would go with. But if you were shooting, I don't know, let's say you were doing Olympic shooting with 22LR, then I would say you definitely want a smaller dot. Right. Yep. Yeah, it really depends on on what your application is. But for, for most carry pistols, especially for, you know, if you're carrying bigger dots are better. Mm-hmm. All right. Rule. Yep, exactly. So Sharps Bros. Like most manufacturers in recent months, a lot of parts have been out of stock at times, but Rainier Arms just got a huge shipment of Sharps Bros products in. They've got the Hellbreaker, the Jack, the Jack 9, the Warthog, a bunch of stuff to choose from. They range in price from $249.70 to $277.45. If you want to check out the other products that Sharps Bros makes, visit sharpsbros.com. Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. All right, so today we're not going to be talking about specific gear. We're going to be talking about Remington Arms, their bankruptcy sale. And they've been kind of in bankruptcy for a little while now. So to give you guys a little bit of background on Remington, so Remington Arms was founded in 1816 in upstate New York and is one of the oldest gun makers in the U.S., the original factory still used today. Remington Arms was the largest rifle producer in North America as of 2015. The company developed or adopted more cartridges than any other. Remington Arms was part of Remington Outdoor Company, which was known as the Freedom Group until 2015, which acquired a number of other gun companies over the years. Development of a new plant in Alabama in 2014 to produce AR-15s and the R1 pistol contributed to an accumulation of $950 million in debt as of 2018 when Remington Outdoor Company filed for bankruptcy. They quickly exited proceedings with creditors agreeing to restructure 
In July of 2020, though, they again filed for bankruptcy. Even with the massive surge in gun sales this year was not enough to overcome the accumulated debt, especially considering that most of the bolt-action rifles and shotguns Remington is known for are not in high demand right now. A bankruptcy judge just approved the breakup and sale of the individual companies and assets for a total of $155 million to be applied to Remington Outdoor Company's debt. Here's the breakdown of who gets what. First, the Remington Arms Factory that produces Remington firearms in upstate New York and the handgun barrel plant has been approved for Roundhill Group LLC to purchase for $13 million. The union for the New York plant is currently in talks with Roundhill about the plant's collective bargaining agreement to keep the plant up and running and producing guns. Vista Outdoor Inc. gets the largest piece of the pie with a successful bid for the Lenoke, Arkansas ammunition and accessory business, including production facilities, trademark and intellectual property at $81.4 million. Sierra Bullets is acquiring the Barnes ammunition business for $30.5 million. Strum Ruger and Co. won the bid for Marlin Firearms business at $30.1 million. They're expected to continue selling Marlin lever guns, but there is no word yet if they will continue producing the Marlin 22s, which have long been a competitor to the Ruger 1022. JJE Capital Holdings LLC, which is the parent company of Palmetto State Armory, was the successful bidder for DPMS, H&R, Storm Lake, AAC, and Parker Brands. Franklin Armory Holdings successfully bid for the Bushmaster brand and related assets. It's unclear yet what transfer of liability may occur if any of the Sandy Hook lawsuit Remington slash Bushmaster is currently fighting, which alleges they knowingly marketed and promoted the Bushmaster XM15E2S rifle for use in assaults against human beings. Don't get me started on that stupid case. Yeah. Sportsman's Warehouse has acquired the Tapco brand. While some products may be discontinued as a result of Remington being broken up, it's encouraging to see that a lot of these firearm companies will continue to produce products going forward. Unfortunately, what they sold for is not enough to get Remington out of debt, though. Right. Yeah, it's it's too bad to see an industry icon giant. I mean, I don't know, like, it's I don't even know what category you'd put them in. Yeah. But to see that go to go that way, it, it's sad. But I think at the same time, you know, the Freedom Group, as they started buying more and more of these companies up, you, you hear a lot about, you know, old Remingtons and how they were, you know, used to be amazing. And, you know, how some of these companies that after they were purchased by the Freedom Group, you know, some of the quality and customer service started slacking. So I'm hoping that maybe now that the stuff can get split back out, you know, they can go back to brands that, that they once were. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, every single one of them, in my opinion, has, you know, has a history of awesome products and, and some of them have, have definitely struggled over, over the last, you know, several years. And I think part of it's because of, this mess that they were in. So I'm hoping that this will help turn around some of these brands that I I really like and mm-hmm. want to see succeed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because quality definitely seemed like it sort of went down. And I know that there was, for a while, there was issues with some of their bolt guns and that they would go off without pulling the trigger and yeah, all kinds of crazy things. And, you know, the minute somebody hears about that, obviously people aren't going to buy it. And I was even thinking, I'm like, I don't even remember the last time I don't think I own a single Remington firearm. The Marlin huh. lever action I was interested in, 
but I never bought yeah. one. But yeah, out of my huge gun collection, I don't think I own a single Remington product. Right. I, that will, I will say out of the, all of this, hearing that Ruger bought Marlin and I still have a bunch of buddies at, at Ruger and I've been trying to get them to, to talk and you know, that's, that's a tight ship. They don't, yeah. they don't share information, but I, you know, and I love lever guns, big bore lever guns, especially. So like I saw that, I'm like, Oh yes, here we go. And you know, let's start, let's start doing cool stuff. And so, you know, I've been, I've been nudging some of my buddies that are still there, you know, Hey, make sure you do this when you guys can get a hold of Marlin now. Right. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what that turns up. That was, you know, kind of the, by far the biggest one that I was sad when it started falling apart mm-hmm. after, after being bought up by the freedom group. So that's going to be exciting to see where, where they go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, you know, DPMS and AAC, you know, those kind of, both of those used to be really good and then kind of fell off the, the bandwagon yeah. there for well, a little while. So same with Bushmaster. Right. Yeah. Bushmaster. Yeah. Now you wouldn't even just, I don't know, even like 10 years ago, they were decent. They were really popular. And then as years right. went by, they're just like, I don't hear of anyone even owning those guns. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I really hope that this is a good turn for everything. I, you know, I don't know um, how long it's going to take. And I'm, I'm curious about some of these, you know, people who, there's some people who lost a lot of money yeah. with this deal and, you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll be made right. But it is, you know, it's part of business when they get that far into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just crazy that they got, that they were able to get that far I know. into debt, you know, $950 million. I, I know. Who's, who, who signed off on that to mm-hmm. say, yeah, yeah, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, Cause man, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I know. And you and I were both business owners and every now and then maybe you make a bad decision, but you quickly, all right, we're going to pump the brakes on that. Right. So it's, it's kind of hard to fathom to think, wow, to get that far into debt. But I guess just the bigger you are and the more money you have invested. Right. And I guess we would think, oh, once we're like a few thousand in debt, it's easy to pump the brakes. But with them, it could have just been something that went right. on for like a month. And that's just how much profit they lost. We don't know. So hopefully they take these companies and they turn around and they all make a nice rebound. Right. And I'm curious how long, you know, it says the bankruptcy court still needs to approve the bids. I'm curious how long, how long that process, like when will we start seeing cool brands or cool products from these brands back on shelves and producing again, you know, Mm -hmm. are they, you know, are they still producing, I guess is maybe even another question, you know, which I, I don't think they are, but you know, who, who knows? Yeah. And I also kind of wonder if the products that were produced before all this happened, if they would be considered worth something or I don't know. Right. I mean, I, who I, mean knows? I think so. And it, I, it really depends on, on, you know, where these buyers did end up taking them and, you know, uh, just kind of picking on Ruger again, you know, are they going to become, are they going to become Ruger lever action guns now, or are they going to still keep the Marlin name and try to run with that? You know, and I see pros and cons to both. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what that does. And so I think, you know, if, if companies like that end up switching the names, well then I think anything that's role marked with Marlin on the side is going to become, mm-hmm. you know, more valuable. Yeah. Even um, though there's millions of them out there, but it will kind of hold some value to it. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, 
I'm curious to see where this is all going to go, but it's, I'm, I'm happy to see that at least something's moving forward. So hopefully they can start to write the ship. Yeah, definitely. All right, moving forward, Polymer 80. If you guys have been wanting to build a pistol for concealed carry, you need to check out the PF940SC. It's a subcompact frame kit, and it's basically the equivalent to the G26. That's compatible with all the Glock 26 subcompact Glock parts, but you kind of get that new, improved 1911-style grip angle as opposed to your typical Glock. You also have the undercut trigger guard, aggressive grip texture, and compatibility with, obviously, the Gen 3 components. The complete kit includes hardened pins for the frame, locking block rails, jig and bits necessary to mill out the 80% frame, and all of this is $160, but use the code GUNFUNNY, you'll get 15% off. That is at Palmer80.com. Yeah, I've, I've built a couple P80s, and it's, it's a fun process, but uh, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, the... <laughs> Buying the the frame and kit is kind of the cheap part. And it for me at least, I went kind of hog wild and it's like, oh, but this part would be cool. And it's you know, <laughs> it's only a couple bucks more. And oh, this part would be cool. And yeah. then you end up with some, you know, freaking race gun that I know. You know, it but it was I'm you know, I I'll I'll do another one just because it was it was it's a fun, you know, well, it's a you fun can go, project. Yeah. That's the thing with Palm Radius. You can go very basic. Or you can yeah. even buy one of their complete guns for like 500 something dollars. Right. Or you can, and that's what I did. I ended up spending, I'm like, cool, how much did I put into this gun? Because I kind of just went a little nuts. And I don't want just a regular slide. I want the ones with the window cuts. And of course, I have to have the colored barrel that's tin coated because you can't just have like a regular black one. That's boring. <laughs> right? And yeah, that's, I went that same path. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything was titanium coated and it just, yeah, it's it's a bling show, but it was it was fun. Yeah, I know, right? Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome as f- never mind. AF. New England man overdoses on black licorice. This is scary because I actually like black licorice. Do you? I do too. I I, I love it, but it's I weird because like so many I'm people gonna- hate it. But I'm like, I don't know. I always kind of liked it. I like that. I also like butterscotch, which apparently uh, a lot of people don't. No, no. Are no you thanks. kidding me? Okay, you no. got to get off the show. Yeah. That's okay. That's not cool. Not cool. <laughs> I love butterscotch and my cousin too. And it's it's weird too because have you noticed, I don't know how close you are with your family, but I had my cousin's visit last week. Well, one moved here as of like a few weeks ago and then the other one came to visit and we're all roughly around the same age. And it's so weird. The things that we like and do, even though we don't spend a ton of time around each other, is so freaking similar. For example, my grandma, who I don't really talk to because she's kind of a whack job, but she always has to put ice cubes in her coffee. I put ice cubes in my coffee because it's too hot. And uh, my wife makes fun of me because it, I have to have my coffee like room temperature before I drink it. Because <laughs> always I have such a sensitive mouth when it comes to hot things. And it's like, yeah, it's. Yeah. Well, and so we joke with each other and we call it my my grandma's name's Georgiana. And we're like, oh, the Georgiana gene, you know, because she's just a whack job. And I'm very family oriented, but I will admit when a family member is kind of just out there. So I'm just like, that's so weird that she does it. And then it turns out my cousin also does it. 
And then we like our coffee the same way. We all like butterscotch. Like it's just, it's just weird. You, you just wonder if it's just, if it's by chance or if it really is like something to do with the genes. But yeah, I do like black or licorice. So this guy. All right. So basically a case report recently in the New England Journal of Medicine detailed how a 54 year old Massachusetts construction worker overdosed on black licorice. Black licorice contains a type of acid which lowers potassium levels in the body. The Food and Drug Administration actually warns that if you're 40 or older, consuming two ounces of black licorice a day for at least two weeks can cause an irregular heart rhythm or arrhythmia due to reduced potassium from consuming the whatever acid, the glycerism, I don't know, I can never under that one. Yeah, that kind of acid. Stay away from it in the candy. Dangerously low levels of potassium can lead to abnormal heart rhythms, high blood pressure, and congestive heart failure. A small amount of licorice can increase your blood pressure a little, but a large amount regularly is not good. The man collapsed while eating lunch at a fast food restaurant a few weeks after he had switched from red licorice to black licorice, which was obviously the worst decision of his life. He reportedly ate a bag or more of the candy per day. After he collapsed, emergency services were called. CPR was performed. He was revived, but ultimately died 32 hours later. The amount of black licorice the man consumed, as well as how often he consumed it, threw his nutrients out of whack, ultimately causing his heart to stop. Uh, that's freaking crazy. That, yeah, I mean, I'm curious if someone's going to, you know, his family's going to sue the black licorice company. I mean, it's obviously the licorice is... Right? Oh. At least they should maybe put a warning label. I, yeah, I had no idea, but... It sounds stupid. It's, oh, you know, like, I mean, we've heard of really stupid lawsuits, but to a degree, I could almost understand this lawsuit just because there isn't, especially in 2020, where there's warning labels on everything, the most common sense warning labels, like, hey, if it's hot, you're not going to touch it, but you still have to put that warning on there. But I actually really didn't know that black licorice did this. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. And then it's like, who would ultimately be the person that you would sue? Would it be the, because black licorice is just, that would be like suing a bread company, but ultimately like what bread company, you know? Yeah. I have no idea. It's, I, I'm, I really want to know what levels was he actually, you know, consuming and well, a bag or more a day, but then yeah. How big of a bag are we talking about? Right. Well, and he switched from red licorice to black licorice. So like, was this part of his daily routine? Was it sounds like, like it. licorice and yeah, and I, then the fact that he was at a fast food restaurant does that play? I mean, obviously, right? it doesn't seem like he's that healthy to begin with. So, does your current health play a role in whether you're going to survive eating a bunch of licorice or not? Yeah, I I got all I the questions, know. and I'm right. now wondering: Is this the same thing for like candy corn? Because now it's October, and I love candy corn. I will overdose on candy corn. That's what I did last Ugh. year. Ugh. And that's oh. just nasty. Okay. Now you really got to get off. <laughs> yeah. I love candy corn. Uh, I ate so much of it. People kept sending it. I mean, in all kinds of different flavors. And ew, you know what is the worst though? The harvest candy corn. It's like the Thanksgiving dinner harvest candy corn. I, it is I've so... stayed away from all of it. So I don't know. Okay. If you hate somebody, buy them this. Or if okay. your kid, if you're trying to get your kid, they're, they're like, I want candy and they're being little brats, give them this, which I mean, that's what I would do if I had a kid. So probably best that I don't have a kid, but 
they taste like turkey, gravy, green beans. Oh. Yeah. So my girlfriend and I, we did a bar class and then we're in the parking lot. She bought them. She's like, okay, come on, let's try it. And I'm eating it. I couldn't even swallow it. I was like spitting them all up. Oh. Yeah. We were like little kids in the parking lot. Just, yeah, it's gross. I'll never try that again. Good, good advice. Yeah. So if you hate somebody, get them that candy. Trierick system. So they're known for their Tri-11s, but I was on their website and I noticed that they have 9mm and 5.56 ammo in stock. Right now, ammo is so freaking hard to come by. And if you do stumble upon it, it's usually that really cheap stuff that nobody would dare put in their gun and it's four times the cost. So the brands that they have, it's the PMC Bronze for the 9mm and the PMC X-Tac ammo for 5.56. Obviously, they're not pre-COVID prices but it is in stock and it's decent ammo. Check it out, trierksystems.com. If you find something you like, don't forget to use that code AVA, A-V-A, and that gets you 5% off. And now it is time for iTunes reviews. And I think this might be the last of the iTunes reviews. So guys, if you haven't left a review, please do so. And you have the opportunity to win a cool prize pack. First review, 22 Chiefster. Awesome show, great accurate information, good advice, and amazing passionate guests. Five stars. Basically, he repeats that entire first sentence and then says, the Gun Funny podcast speaks for itself, plus tickles. Second, Welder51220. New favorite, five stars. I learned about Ava and Gun Funny on Colian Noir's podcast. Since then, I've went back and listened to a ton of the older episodes. Always entertaining, educational, and fun. All right, Dustin, out of those two, I want you to pick a lucky winner. Um, the first or the second? Boy, I would have to say uh, Tickles. I mean, anybody who brings up Tickles, I think, has to win. So. Yeah, I know. I know. Tickles uh, is like the mascot of Gun Funny. And if, right. if people don't realize that by now, like, are they even fans? Uh, I, <laughs> I, they can't be. So that's that's. I think that's where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So 22 Cheapster. Contact me and we will get you out some. Actually, I should have a new patch coming out. I'm going to send you that patch when it comes Ooh. out. Yeah. Nobody knows about this patch yet, but it's pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So now it's time to wrap up. Guys, you could find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to social media. If you haven't followed me on Instagram at gunfunnypodcast or avaflanel underscore or on Facebook or YouTube, any of that stuff, please do so. Also, leave an iTunes review. Really appreciate it. If you enjoy the show and you want to support it, you should highly consider becoming a Patreon. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. You can pledge as low as $3 a month. And as a result, you get access to our patron-only Facebook page, which is a lot of fun. There's a lot of good people. So if you want to talk to like-minded people who have a sense of humor, don't enter if you don't have a sense of humor. But if you want to join in on the fun, definitely become a patron. Definitely join that group. Also, I wanted to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Star Wars 77, and Ralph Anthony. King of the Patrons is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say, if necessary in a survival situation, Operator Tickles can start a fire by rubbing two ice cubes together. Good to know. All right, Dustin, I wanted to thank you once again for spending the last hour and so with me. 
Really enjoy what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, so uh, best place where everything's all consolidated is our website, coltac.com. But Instagram uh, at coltac is is a good place. And and on Facebook, we've got coltac LLC. And you know you can reach us through any one of those. And uh, if they have any questions, otherwise they can go ahead and order gear right on our website and we get it out to them as quick as we can. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go try to fit tickles into a suppressor cover. So on that note, we're out of here. All right. Thanks for having me. Of course. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.